right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 247. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. In this episode, we are talking about Batman, the animated series on its 30th anniversary. But before we get started, I want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're, you're listening. Please try and leave a rating or even a review. We'd really appreciate those. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Drinks in Pod. Please follow us there. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us at 3 Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. And lastly, don't forget to check out our merchandise store over at tpublic.com. All right. So, all right. I, I have a. I have only one like major gripe about Batman the animated series. Is that? Um, is it that it's over? <laughs> no, they're not making any more of them. No, it's not that. It was. It was an interesting choice that they made. In, and I don't know if it's, it's a gripe. It's more like a thing I just noticed. But, like, I always looked at Batman and Superman as kind of, like, you know, not diametrically opposed ideas, just very, very different things within the same kind of universe. Not just, like, the financial universe of the DC, but just, like, you know. And, um... You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I thought you froze there. Sorry, like, I was like... <laughs> I, 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 you just look, looked very serious there, and I heard, like a, like, a weird thing in my ear. I'm like, did he just freezing cut out anyway. no i'm tired so i'm just sort of <laughs> staring into space as you speak so it's fine just continue yeah go on um but it was so like superman was always like clark kent was the disguise and superman was the real guy which was sort of antithetical to how people tended to look at superheroes was this like you put on the costume with the cape and you don't normally do that and then you fly around and you act like you know a superhero, and then you take the cape off, and then you're back to yourself. But with Superman, it's the opposite. The real person is, you know, Superman, and the and the and the costume is Clark Kent. And um, you know, with Batman, it was sort of the opposite. Like he was a normal guy who just has goes through this terrible tragedy, and then has to, you know, put on the cape and the whole thing, and then go out and beat up the bad guys, and he's putting it on to scare them. But in this show, that was sort of reversed, and it was done so by the use of um, Kevin Conroy's voice. Whenever he was talking to somebody as Bruce Wayne, when he was not, who didn't know he was Batman, he'd talk and kind of like, hi, lo-, you know, hi, so-and-so, and, you know, well, good to see you. And then and then whenever he was Batman, he had like that incredibly, you know, effective sort of like low timbre growl, but he would keep that with Alfred. Anybody who knew who he was, that that was the real. So that that kind of high, that like the high voice, was the costume, and the low voice was the real person. And so that, I it was just an interesting, you know, vocal choice that they made, which informed a lot of the character as well. And it was sort of different than how I'd always seen Batman, you know, especially like the Christopher Nolan Batman. He's always about like giving up the whole thing and like. I have to stop being Batman at some point because I just can't keep it up anymore because I'm just falling apart. And, yeah, I, I think it just depends of like whatever Batman you see when you're nine, that's your Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like Doctor Who, but better. Well, yeah. I, I remember reading an interview in like, I don't know, Rolling Stone or whatever with uh, about Weird Al. And they asked Weird Al like, you know what? What is everybody's favorite album of yours? Because by then he'd done so many, you know, the silly parody songs. And he goes, "Whatever album they listened to me when I when they were thirteen, that's their favorite Weird Al album." <laughs> and like that is so true. He's a smart guy. That Weird He's Al, a very smart guy. <laughs> you know, and like that's true for many many things when you're thirteen. But for Batman, I think also because there's been a lot of different versions of Batman. You know, Superman is basically the same kind of guy and everything. A little darker, a little lighter, but like like I found it very strange that Christopher Nolan's Batman, you know, he was just as driven and, you know, cape and everything as anybody else, other versions, but like his Bruce Wayne was a throwaway where it's like I'm purposely acting dumb 
because I don't care about how I look to other people as long as it doesn't get in the way of being Batman, you know? And I found that jarring and the Robert Pattinson version took that even farther where he was literally like, I will look like a drug addict. I don't care. Yeah. Like the, the Bruce Wayne persona withers on the vine while he's busy being Batman. And I was always like, if you were that determined to save your city from, you know, scum and criminals and everything, why wouldn't you use both personas to do what you can? Yeah. And that's what this version does in the cartoon where it's like, he runs charities and he runs his business, but won't do business with like certain people. And like that way he's got a foot in both worlds. Cause he's like, busy beating up goons at night and trying to stop and prevent white collar crime in during the day because he knows that there are both sides to that you know there's a reason that the goons are out there so it's always like yeah i mean shouldn't he be doing that he has a lot of money <laughs> they can't all go to batarangs you know i mean he's got to spend his money on something <laughs> You know, there's only and, so many planes we could have. Right. I mean, the cave's like only so big. I mean, <laughs> how many do you order before people get suspicious? Like another bat plane? <laughs> this is some collector, you know. <laughs> so um, it's the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. It came out in uh, September of 1992. You so were thought, young for that, too. I was only 11. I was young. A lot of those episodes went over my head at the time. Yeah. And like, I, I remember watching the show because you, you had suggested this as a topic and two of us have new jobs and we're both so deliriously tired that it's just sort of like, we really need to do an episode so we don't have time to watch anything. So <laughs> it's also like, there's nothing going on. Like I, I went to a there birthday really party. Any, there really nothing. isn't anything. There's nothing. I, I My son went to a party the other day at a movie theater. And I was I, I was just talking to the parent I'm like so what, what are we watching here? They went Incanto. I went oh my god! All right, fine. There's really nothing. I mean, it was literally one. just like a D, <laughs> it was a DVD that they put on the screen. Oh, Up wow. in the booth, there was this big projector. You put a DVD and you play the movie, and all you do is just rent the room for the kids to run around and have their sing along. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing worth paying people to actually watch a movie for. There's really nothing. You know what I saw for the first time. A week ago, I saw Cars for the first time, <laughs> and uh, I found it very unpleasant. <laughs> That's my quick review. I was watching it like, not like I hated it. I just had to like, I don't like this. This this makes me unhappy yeah, to be watching it. Like, it's not, it's not a good one. Although, you, you know, those like, there was a thing on TikTok. It was just like, you know, where you would kind of replied to it with a video it was like what's a movie based on another movie that is very obvious but nobody realizes it kind of a thing and somebody actually did the thing that i thought of a couple of years ago where you have a guy you know who you know finds him who's like on his way to a a big city gig and gets detoured in a small town and breaks down, and he needs the help of the local townsfolk, and he all thinks they're backwater hicks, and you know they think he's just a city slicker, but he ends up falling in love with somebody in the town, and then with the town itself, and he stays there, and like makes his life in this small town. Yeah, that's Doc Hollywood, starring Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it's the exact plot of Cars. Like, there, like. The, in the, there's like an old doctor in the town too. Michael T. Fox plays some some kind of a big fancy surgeon driving from New York to L. A. and his like you know his fancy car breaks down and he can't get it fixed and it's the same damn movie. It's the exact same thing. And I was just very pleased that I thought of that going, huh? You know, I think I'm right about that. And I mentioned it to you to, to a couple of people, and then I saw it on TikTok. Like, oh, I'm not the only guy who, who realized that this is obviously the exact same plot of that movie. The second you think about cars for a second, or that's kind of redundant, but the, the <laughs> second you think about it for it longer <laughs> than a second, the whole like universe of cars breaks down and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I have to do my little cars rant, I would say like, it doesn't make any sense and your brain is trying to make all these dumb connections or like, okay, they, they're cars and they do car things, but like, they're also kind of people 
so how does that work? And like, uh, I don't know, like Owen Wilson was awful in it. And so was Paul Newman because he was practically dead in the booth. Like, this is just, this is not fun. He just brought the mic up to his bed. And they uh, yeah. went, Paul, can you read this? We'll blow it up on the big text for you. You can, yeah. No. Yeah, I just, I found it, I found it like, I, I'm, I feel worse watching it. But anyway, yeah. Batman's great. So Batman's watch. great. We should talk about Batman instead. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it'd be fun to talk about Batman. Um, still, you know, the top of the DC canon here. Like, I don't think they've done another, I mean, they've done other, other Batman shows, but they're okay. Um, their movies are horrible. Like, if you want to watch good stuff, you should just watch this. And the other shows that spun off, which were a lot of them. And like, I, I think what it was initially was it just it seemed better than it had any right to be. Oh know? yeah, like <laughs> everyone was just kind of like, "Have you seen this new?" Like they just kind of dropped it. It was it ran at what four o'clock in the afternoon on weekdays. I think at first, I mean, it started at night. Oh, did it? It didn't, it didn't last long at night. They were like, "It's clearly a kid show. Let's stick it on in the afternoons." Okay. It, it bounced around a little. Yeah. But it definitely found its niche. I mean, I remember it being on after school. You get home from school and you put, you turn on channel, I think it was channel 11 by us. WPIX, I want to say. I think I think it was yeah. It, it was on the WB network whatever the channel that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and it really it really just, you know, it straddled both worlds. It didn't it began like the like the the opening theme like the theme music and the opening credits were you know i don't want to say iconic cuz that's kind of overused but like they were very different you know like in the span of 5 to 6 years you went from like the teenage mutant ninja turtles with that ridiculous like guitar riff thing to to this which was very very different it was a lot more mature, but still accessible to kids. It didn't turn any, anybody off. But like you said, like you didn't know what the hell was going on half the time because you were eight. But you just right. knew it was Batman and it was clever and clear and yeah. Yeah, a lot of that would go over your head. Uh, the big thing was that the Tim Burton movie had come out and made a bajillion dollars. So they were very much like, you know, why don't we get a Batman cartoon? And when they went in, they said, like, we want to do Batman. And, like, the guy, Bruce Tim, who drew a lot of the pictures, like, had been doing it in his spare time, he said, in a podcast I heard him once. So we, they said, like, we want to do Batman. So he, like, grabbed all of his Batman pictures and was like, I- I'm the guy who should do it. I'm doing this for fun in my spare time for a show that doesn't exist yet. And they were like, oh, my God, this guy's really into it. So they let him <laughs> do it. And he said, I want to do it like Tim Burton did it. And like the music is the same as the Tim Burton music. Yeah. You know, and so they just sort of let him do it. And he just happened to like grab a bunch of people that really wanted to make like a serious thing. They didn't want to do the the campy 60s thing. They didn't want to do like, you know, Frank Miller where you Batman runs around murdering people in cold blood because it still had to be a kid show. They wanted to do the old fashioned detective stories. Mm-hmm. which is what a lot of them were. A lot of the action was janky, let's say. <laughs> like <laughs> those first that, those first bunch of episodes, you know, the action was minimal because he was doing detective work and the animation was a little clunky. Um I mean he was never a ninja like he is nowadays. You know, even in the later seasons he could the action got better but he wasn't like some super he wasn't superman. You know, yeah, I mean, which I also liked. That's sort of been, I guess, that's the difficult thing to square with Batman lately is detective versus, you know, vigilante, you know, ninja guy, and like they've leaned into the ninja thing for the last few years, you know, between, you know, Christian Bale, and the whole like you know Razal Ghul plot, which I thought was you know I, I appreciated that it wasn't. Like 
that was not a new story for the for the character, but I liked how like they explained how he got good at this. Is he found people that were, you know, pretty, you know, great at training ninjas to train him to be a ninja, mm. and he wasn't any anything special to them. He was just one more of their foot soldiers, and he just decided to go. No, this is you guys are all nuts. I'm gonna, you know, go off and do my own thing. Then just like the Ben Affleck thing where he's like lifting up giant tires and you know just the whole physical dedication to the the role and they tried to shoehorn in the intelligence and the detective side of it but it's sort of hard i've always found it difficult to think about the word detective and the images that that conjures and then batman and the images that they don't mesh detectives for me you're like sipowitz you know <laughs> like guys in trench coats and fedoras or like lady cops with you know with badges and stuff, and you know Olivia Benson's a detective. That's that, that's what I think of when I when I when I hear that word detective, um, which is why they, that great joke on The Simpsons, like Batman's a scientist. That like, that word that works really well because <laughs> it's, not it's Batman <laughs> because he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I know. That is a great line. You know, it's Batman. Batman's a scientist. And like there was a couple scenes like that in in the Nolan Batman's, like when he puts the bullet back together, which I've never really understood that whole uh, scene. It, it, yeah, it's it it's hard to show that stuff. That's really what. Like, yeah, like so you can do it. You can't like, look. There's nine detective shows happening every day. Like there's just so so like it isn't that it's difficult to make a detective show, but you have to make one where it's just like you're this guy is supposed to be so smart in addition to being so physically capable that he's able to solve things that other people have a hard time with. And it's one of the reasons the new Batman movie, the Batman was so bad was that all he did was walk into a room and read the the riddle on the card and go, Oh, it's this. And everyone's like, huh? Golly, Batman, you solved that super fast. And it's just like, yeah, Riddler stuff is tough. Yeah. But like, you you could also make him work for it a little bit. Like he it's just kinda was given it was like it was like they were handing him the script in in the film uh, yeah. like here. Just say this and you should look smart and you'll be fine. And so but I think you can do that in a cartoon more easily than you can do that in live action just because I don't know, your brain sort of forgives a lot of things with cartoons. Yeah. yeah. I, I th- they did a very good job with everything. I, I, I'm just, I'm just going over it in my head now. Like, he doesn't solve mysteries in every episode, although he does do it in a lot of them. And in the ones where he has to solve things, they put him up against the police. Like he has a very uh, tenuous you know, relationship with the police in this cartoon. And they decided to make a character called Bullock, who's a detective. And he works with Jim Gordon and he hates Batman, thinks he's a freak, calls him that to his face, you know, and like sort of grudgingly puts up with him because Commissioner Gordon likes him and he helps him solve the crimes, but he doesn't like him. He doesn't like his methods. So whenever there's like a mystery or something like that, it's always Bullock feeling that he has to like beat Batman to this, you know, like don't let him tamper with evidence. Don't believe everything he says in this. I can do it. I'm a cop. I'm good, honest cop work is what's going to solve this. And like, sometimes he's right, which was nice. You know, like they in the end they would like have to work together or share what they knew. So, but Batman has access to things that all the other characters don't, and I think that helped because it was like the '90s and the Gotham in this cartoon is kind of like this weird mix. Like they have old timey computers and things but they have computers yeah it's, it's sort of like batman has like the supercomputer in his lair you know <laughs> yeah it's like this sort of retro futuristic thing that the uh that you see in like the incredibles and other type of things yeah. like that yeah so like nowadays when everyone has a supercomputer in their pocket it's tough but in the cartoon it's like he's working for and against the cops you know he's more open-minded than they are he, he can go places they can't to get evidence like you know he breaks into mob bosses homes half the time so yeah. like that that stuff really helps when you're trying to watch him solve the mysteries 
you know, or like put chemical formulas together and like, like Bullock is a Bullock is a blue collar cop, you know? So he's like, Oh, did you know what this was? And Batman's like science, you know? <laughs> and then there's other episodes where he just tries to catch the goons. Like he just makes a guess. Like, I bet you they're going here and that's where they go. So, yeah, no, I, I had forgotten about that character and I really don't recall much about him. Like a lot of the show, like I watched it because it was, it was good when it was on. Um, but it didn't have a lot of staying power for me as an adult just because I, I just have a harder time with like watching cartoons as an adult. And I kind of I, I kind of I really wish I didn't have this sort of hang up where like you know, it's so, so, something about it feels like I should be watching something different when I'm watching cartoons. And that's really quite stupid because they are being, you know, written by very talented people and oftentimes and you, you said it for years, like the people who, who wrote for these you know, these Warner Brothers properties really should have been the ones writing the movies because they're so much better. Like, Paul Dini was the name that always stuck out of my head as, like, the guy that Kevin Smith interviewed for his podcast, who was, like, you know, Kevin Smith, big, you know, at the time, blubbery pothead who would cry in, like, every episode that he was in. <laughs> or had people on. But, like, loved Batman and specifically loved Paul Dini's Batman so much that you know it really made an impression on him and i i kind of wish i had more patience for the cartoons as i got older you know and like i'd watched them when i was young and then when i had my son and it was like i was up at 4 a.m feeding him or whatever on the couch it was i was like oh wow they got this streaming now like i'll just watch these and when i watched them now wasn't you know i'm in my 30s they're even better than i remembered because there's just so much like subtext going on and things like that and the the animation is so detailed for just little things where you know the the joker's laugh or the way that like two-faced sort of like moves around the room and you're like oh my god like the the amount of detail and care that went into this show as an 11 year old you you, you like but you can't appreciate so watching it now i'm like this is even better than i thought i mean not all of them some of them are not as good i mean they were still making you know 30 episodes a season or whatever, but a lot of them are still really, really good. Yeah. They did have that format where it was just like, you know, we got, you know, school, school year is nine months long guys. We got to crank out yeah, something like, for every night of, you know, every afternoon of, of the week. So the kids have something to. Yeah. Like, do we really want to watch the episode where poison Ivy turns people into plants? Like, no, <laughs> But the one with about the mob boss who realizes that his own drugs have gotten his son addicted. Okay. <laughs> like, like, who's that episode for? <laughs> Christ almighty. Hits you right in the feels. So. <laughs> were, so were there any in particular that, you know, besides that one, obviously. Cause, uh, yeah, that uh, one's uh, a little uh, heavy. That one's, yeah, wow. Um, Everybody always has like their, their favorite ones. Um, I was looking through the list earlier. I, you know, most of them I agree with, but some of them I think are, are, are so good. I watched the one with, with Two-Face. There's a two-parter with Two-Face where you watch him just be like a regular DA. You know, he's got a temper, but he, he's, you know, he's a good person. And then by the second half where he gets his face all scarred and he's like, you know, his face is bulging and whatever. He looks terrible. Um, it's more about him. It's not really about Batman, even in Batman's own cartoon show where he's trying to be a good person, but his temper always gets the better of him. And he's like, well, this is how I look now. I'll just be an angry guy all the time. You know, that kind of thing. Um, the movie with Val Kilmer. Do you remember that? Where they had Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face? Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the Batman Forever. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten this. I knew it at the time, but I'd forgotten in that movie, he like flips the coin a hundred times till he gets the answer he wants. Like, I always flip this coin, and if it's tails, that means I kill you. Wah. And Val Kilmer, when he flips the coin, Val Kilmer throws a bunch of coins at him, so he gets all confused <laughs> and he like falls down to his death. And it's like that was so stupid. It was so stupid. They stole that from this cartoon. Really? Yes, I had forgotten. And when I watched it as an adult. It's not played for like a cheap gag, you know, like 
he's like pleading with his girlfriend or something. And she's like pleading for him to be a better person. And he's like, you know what? I'll tell you this. I'll flip the coin and we'll see whether or not I'll be a good person. And as he flips the coin in the air, Batman just happens to be near these like coins and he throws them in his face. And the guy has a mental breakdown. And I'm like, that that's being played so much more seriously and so much better than a, a million dollar blockbuster movie. It was amazing. It's a great, great episode. Yeah, so like what, like he, he is it in the cartoon that he's like, because like you're right, like the Tommy Lee Jones thing, he, the coin is just like a stupid thing, like a it's a piece of business. It isn't even like a yeah, you just it's, you it's, do it until you like he's gonna kill the guy anyway. It doesn't really matter. But in the cartoon, wasn't like he 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 he, you know, he had taken it because he was so psychotic. He'd taken it so seriously that like he had to know which coin it was or it would drive him crazy. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it was. All, all good villains. This is what I was saying about Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movie villains I didn't like. Really good villains always end up making that choice to be bad, okay? Where they get to the edge and everyone tries to pull them back and then they fall off and they decide, I'm a bad guy now. I can't help it. It's the way I am. You just have to be sad for me. And like, this is the moment where he goes, this is it. I'm either going to do this and try to find the love of my life and try to reform or I'm just going to be a bad dude. And he flips the coin and like, they happen to be in a bank or something. So like Batman just is like standing near coins and he just takes the coins and flings them because he's got guns on him. I mean, you know, he's not a ninja. So, and that's when the guy loses it. Like, Oh my God, Oh, what am I going to do? And you just realize like, that's it. There's no saving the guy. He's gone off the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really heavy. <laughs> but I remember watching it like, you know, with my son in my arms, like, Oh my God. <laughs> Try not to wake him up, you know. <laughs> yeah, very well done. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. And any other ones that's that sort of stand out? Um, there's the one about the. It was like a Criminal Minds episode, basically. <laughs> Jesus. There's a there's a show on TV. It was like Family Ties kind of thing, okay. and there was and right. one of the girls was the actress had like whatever Webster had where like, she doesn't really age. Oh, I remember, remember that one. It's called rem- baby doll. I remember it more so that like, um, Kevin Smith was talking about it with Paul Dini on his podcast fit 10, 15 years ago. And he like, that was the thing that made him cry. It was like at the end of the episode, doesn't like, doesn't like Batman sit down with the girl on a swing well, and so they she, have like, yeah, go ahead. Well, tell so she kidnaps all the people from the show who are now, they're just actors because like she's obsessed with being in that role because she still looks like a little kid, even though she's like in her forties or something. So she's had a miserable life looking like a little kid and she kidnaps them, ties them in a chair and is like, we're, we're all going to be a happy family, damn it. Or that's it. You know? So now all the people kidnapped are like, this woman is absolutely insane. <laughs> and so, Batman finds them. He starts to free them. And she like makes a run for it through like the abandoned, you know, uh, TV studio where they were. And as she's running from Batman, she gets like thrown in front of like a funhouse mirror and she sees herself as an adult and she just stares at herself and starts to cry. And Batman walks up to her. Like, I have to arrest you now. Like, like, Oh my God, this woman is also having a mental breakdown. So, (laughs) I'm seeing a pattern. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was really, really um, sad, you know? I mean, she was insane, but you could see why. And, you, and then they do just a good visual job of showing you the agony this person was in. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny. I mentioned about the, like, the, the theme song before with like the Ninja Turtles and everything and like, that show featured a villain that was a brain with eyes and a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> In a giant robot body. And a, you know, who like part of like the medulla oblongata was his arm and he would use it like <laughs> to to control the joysticks to move the giant body. Wasn't he just called brain? Like they couldn't think of a oh, Kang. Is it Kang or Brain Brain? I think it was I think it was Krang. Krang. <laughs> just sort of mix them together, you know. Sure, why not? Like why not? And like I loved that show as a kid, and it, you know I can't imagine what mom and dad thought about. Like, wait, so it's just a 
brain. It's a disembodied brain. <laughs> Walking around. Not like with like a face. Not like something truly horrifying. Like like a head whose like back is missing so you can see the brain. And the face is like a human face. No. It's nothing so banal. Just a brain with a face. <laughs> Just a brain with a face. And, you know. And then you go from that, which was like the last big sort of hit TV show for, for this age demographic, um, to this where you're right. Like they they just kind of had them at Batman and it really didn't matter what they put in front of you to watch. It was just like, we're going to make a Batman show. It'll look like Batman. It'll sound like Batman. It'll be Batman. It'll be fine. And like everybody watched it because it was Batman and like, there was no way anybody would understand that particular situation until you're, you know, late in high school. Like, yeah. how, like how old do you have to be to understand the trauma that comes from having a disability that makes you look immature and to the point where you, you're exploited for it and then it drives you insane such that you commit felonies to to hurt people in order to satisfy your own psychoses i'd say at least 16 yeah <laughs> yeah no. i mean that's not a thing you put on television at 4 p.m but that's what they did yeah like i'm gonna get my juice box <laughs> my dunkaroos my, yeah, my dunkaroos and i'm gonna sit and watch this woman try to live out a fantasy because the reality is too harsh <laughs> yeah and then like like and and it doesn't end in that sort of standard way we're like well we've we've vanquished the bad guy and we've you know we we, we know we can no it ends with like her being confronted in a very sort of unique way with a future like really looking at what her, her life could have been like because that's sort of the whole thing is that like she doesn't acknowledge almost the life that could have been because she had no concept of it and all she knows is that when she was younger she was happy and she you know she was popular and everyone loved her and then that went away after a while and she couldn't quite figure out why and then getting that you know and like what's the harshest thing you could do to that person in that moment <laughs> yeah and they've done it before in other episodes where like you know, the thing that the villain is always trying to run from or, or change, and then they just show it to them and they have like a meltdown because they did it with, with like the Clayface character where he was an actor and then he looked like a giant freak, you know, because <laughs> he had this terrible thing happen to him. This Clayface, this Clayface man. And, you know, Batman confronts him in the in the TV studio, and at one point they're in the room, and Batman doesn't even do it. It just like it happens because like they're punching dials at each other and stuff, like they're hitting the computers, and all the roles that he's ever taken like show up on the screen where he sees himself in all these different costumes and everything, and he just freaks out. You know, it's the same thing. Here's the thing you really want and can never have, the thing that has made you literally insane, and so it 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 pushes them either to, to commit more crimes because these characters come back frequently or they just drop into such despair that they can't even move. You know, they're catatonic. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see, I can, I can think of at least one more um, because there's a lot of obvious ones that people always pick. They always pick the one where like Batgirl dies and Robert Gordon, yeah, she falls off the building, right. and Jim Gordon finds out that she was Batgirl, and he finds out Bruce Wayne was Batman, and he like goes after him because he's so upset. And that's really an interesting episode, but at the same time, it was not real; it was like a hallucination that they had. Oh, yeah, those so, are like, kind of so yeah, it was interesting, but like in the end, it it, it wasn't a real thing. So, um. Oh gosh, the one the one with Harley Quinn is always big. Let's talk about that for a minute because that this she was purely an invention of this show. Like this, like she was not a canon character until this show came along, and they 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 invented her as sort of like a minor thing. She wasn't meant to be 
like not, not i mean she's got, she's gone she's blown up by leaps and bounds at this point and she has her own her own like tv show on hbo max mm-hmm. with i believe kaylee cuoco as the voice and she was like the producer on the show and she's she's the one that kind of got it um got it rolling um yeah, but she but was just she a was just, a, just a random henchman who was just kind of goofy and somewhat charming and endearing and people just loved her <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they needed someone for the Joker to play off of. Yeah, because uh, he always had goons with him. Like every every henchman always, every bag always had henchman goons for Batman to beat up. But um, you know, they were they were one no Johnnies. So like they were like, we need someone he can talk to, and of uh, you know, having more females in the cast wouldn't hurt. So give him a girl like a sidekick, like a girlfriend. And you're right, like she just exploded. I mean. Uh, what what was her voice actress's name? Arlene, something like that. I can never tell while you talk. Oh, uh, she was very very good. Like the high pitched, kind of squeaky, you know, utterly devoted to him kind of thing. It was so popular. Everyone and so like they just started sticking her into more and more things. <laughs> you know, Arlene they, Sorkin, they, yeah. Arlene Sorkin, you know they. They partnered her with Poison Ivy. You know, she she started developing her own personality beyond him, which was a thing. Um, and then they did the episode that shows her origins, where she was the doctor working with him in Arkham. Right. And he sort of like convinces her and, and sways her to to you know spring him from there. And you know, you can if you just don't like watching, you can also be part of it. And she's she sort of sw- goes over to his side. Yeah. I, I think what was so, you know, attractive to people, to young women with her was that, like, I mean, there were not a lot of female characters on the show. There were the, the odd villain here and there that was kind of bad. And then there were the iconic ones like Poison Ivy, who had been in the comics and people knew who she was. Poison Ivy is a seductress. You know, her, you know, the kind of girls who were watching Batman at 4 o'clock in the afternoon with a jug of Sunny D, probably identified more with a quirky kind of sort of off-kilter presence like Harley Quinn than they did with Poison Ivy, who was just basically a model who could make plants do things. And so mm-hmm. there was nothing relatable about Poison Ivy. But I, I always enjoyed that because it was a kid's show, you know, there couldn't be any sex in it. That was like, you know, you can have all the violence you want, but you can't have any sex. And so Harley Quinn and Joker's relationship to me was always hilarious because, yes, they were like assumed to be a pair, like an item. And she was certainly fawning over him, but he could kind of give two shits about her. Like he didn't really, you know, she, he was like stringing her along, you know, at the same time. So their their relationship seemed at times very one sided. And that right. always made me kind of laugh. You know, yeah, was... he, he's not above using her when he needs to and then discarding her when he doesn't. And it never seems to bother her. She always seems to come back. And Well, that's what's so great. So like in that episode, you know, he's down. The Joker's down on his luck and he's mad and he throws her out because whatever he was planning didn't work. And she's like, you know, I hate this. I hate the way he treats me. I know what I can do. I'll get Batman for him. <laughs> And she does. Uh, yeah. She kidnaps Batman. And she like uses one of his tricks. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang Batman upside down over a fish tank of piranhas. And that way the piranhas look like they're smiling. <laughs> and like she's like, once I kill Batman, then then he'll have to love me. You know? And and Batman convinces her to call the Joker and say, like, I've got Batman here. So when he go, he goes and shows up, and she explains it to him. He's mad that she did it and not him. Yeah, chucks her out a window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the that, end, she's like in the hospital. Like that's it. I'll never. I hate this guy. And like, there's a flower, like a set of flowers for. Her, and she's like, oh, he's the best. Oh, pudding. Yeah. <laughs> I love that she called him. But was that was there a great joke where like. It was one of those like crossovers or, you know, Justice Leagues where like 
Batman and Superman save a bunch of the villains from their own deaths and like but not the Joker he's on like the plane when it blows up Superman is like flying by holding Harley Quinn as the plane blows up and she goes <gasps> Putin and Superman goes he probably is <laughs> yeah <laughs> In that deadpan way that Superman made jokes on that show. He probably is. <laughs> Superman was great. <laughs> they did a good job, Superman. Did. They really did. Um, should we talk about Mark Hamill for a minute? For, for Christ's sakes, everyone's like, oh, by the way, did you know that Mark... Like That was like a thing at some point. Because, I mean, unless you were paying attention to the credits, he wasn't like he was doing this uncredited. But like there, there was like this giant memory hole in in pop culture where like nobody realized that the same guy who was Luke Skywalker in Star Wars also had a life and a career and like a mortgage to pay, and so he did other things for a while. Yeah. Besides the you know the the Muppet Show and the <laughs> <laughs> Muppet Show, and he was, was the like, voice of the Joker. He was the Joker. Very, very good as the Joker. <laughs> he was very good. Yeah, they did a and they did a lot of Joker episodes. You know, yeah, they they really did help popularize the Joker, um, for like a mass audience. Like he was getting big in the eighties. I mean, they did this with a lot of the characters. They were all, you know, they were a lot of them were cheesy villains that they were like, how can we make this better? And you know, Mr. Freeze is also the really big example, but like the Riddler too, uh, he was like a nothing villain and they made a much better uh, version of him. But there were a lot of Joker episodes because Mark Hamill was so good and so creepy, you know? Yeah. He basically, he, he, he very much straddled that line between, you know, um, you know, being sort of playful and fun and kind of being pretty terrifying. Yeah, I mean, because it was a kid's show, they weren't allowed to show him killing anybody. But they would say, like, whenever he would gas someone with his, like, special laughing gas and they would just freeze with a big grin on their face, the writers were like, yeah, those people are dead. That was what we were implying. Those people died. You know, and I think it's funny that they had Tim Curry do it. And he was too creepy. Which one did he play? He, he, played he was him in which he was the Joker at first when they when they started making the show. When they first started, oh, okay, yeah, and then they brought in Mark Hamill, and they were like, he's a bit more playful. <laughs> Tim Curry was a bit too psychotic. I always thought that. Um, what was funny about so it's like, it's like everyone found out that it, that it was Mark Hamill, and like, oh my god, that's great because he was so good. And then there came time to do was it Mask of the Phantasm. Which I yeah. don't think I ever saw, but everyone's like, "Yo, you got to see this because it's really great." It was and pretty good. It wasn't um, Mark Hamill, and I don't know the name of the actor. I would say it's Kevin something, but we know him as Stan, the guy from the bar, um, in how in how 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 how, how I met your mother. And that one episode where like, um. Like it was Mar- like Marshall and uh, and Robin or I don't know it, like he's like the big heavy set black guy with this unbelievably deep voice doing lines from like Pablo Neruda. And oh, yeah, I can't think of his name. Did you find his name? Um, no. Okay, but um, yeah, like so everyone was kind of bummed out that it wasn't it wasn't him, but like. You know, it was still good. It was just like, oh, we kind of thought we were going to get more more Mark Hamill with this. Oh, thing. no, that was Mark Hamill as who, the Joker. Then who was it? Oh, okay, now we got to look it up. So Stan, how I... Well, I, I have his name, but he... I don't know if he was in The Mask of the Phantasm. No, he was in something. Um, he, played, <laughs> he was in something. He was... The, so, yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson is the, is, is the guy's name. And... He played the Joker in something called. <laughs> uh, what was it? The, oh, the Killing Joke. Oh, okay. yeah, it was the Killing. Well, that joke. wasn't good. 
That was a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> Mask of the Phantasm was a really was a good movie. I don't yeah, know if it okay. was great. I think it was a little slow. Yeah. Um but yeah. But I always find that funny that like everyone kind of got bummed that it wasn't uh Mark Hamill and it was this guy instead and well, I was like okay, I didn't know who he was, then I saw him on um the other show and he has this unbelievably you yeah, know, Barrett's very it's, yeah, it's like a very rich sounding yeah. voice. Oh yeah, it's it's you know it's perfect for voiceover, and um, and the, and like so Kevin Conroy is sort of is people's like almost like they're like their preferred Batman in, in a way because because the, the voice did so much of the work, and I, I remember hearing him talk about that on. Uh, it might have been the same Kevin Smith podcast. I listened to all these guys talk about this on. <laughs> Please don't turn to Kevin Smith's podcast. It's <laughs> old. Continue it, listening to us. It takes four hours to listen to that podcast. Yeah, but he talked too much. But he was saying that, like, I've got you know one of the most common voices in the industry. You know, like, I, I remember years ago, um, Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Like that, yeah. He like, was a, he was not a voice actor when he started doing this. He only fell into it, right? But like he's like you know, my voice is not uncommon. People, everyone's got my voice. It's just there's nothing special about me. It's usually like the guy who, who can play the talking hot dog, who has yeah. that unique kind of voice. <laughs> Let's which is all go to the lobby <laughs> like that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I met a guy years ago. I was you know, our dad was like, yeah, you should go talk to my client. He's he you know he's in the voiceover business and like. I went and I talked to him and, you know, I, I for some reason, I, di- I didn't pursue it. Um, but he, well, when I met him, I was expecting to meet Kevin Conroy. It was some guy with some, like, you know, unbelievable voice. And he came up. He's like, hi, how you doing? And I was like, whoa, like, this is not what I expected. He's like, yeah, I, I get different kind of roles, you know. like, But he worked all the time because, like, he had a kind of unique voice that could do different things. But, like the guy who who plays SpongeBob. And I can't think of his, of that actor's name right now. Um Paul something I think is going to drive me crazy but um, you know but that that's a much more unique voice than Kevin Conroy's but like you know Tom Kenny Spongebob Squarepants Tom Kenny thank you yeah 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 um, also I think Yakko from Animaniacs yeah somebody else brought up Animaniacs the other day and I was like you know what the Animaniacs are stupid <laughs> I never liked the Animaniacs, but see, two, that's neither here nor there. I guess. Two two things came out of that show that were good. One of them was Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain were good. It was just you know that was, but like <laughs> just the Orson Welles impression that was the brain. Uh, yeah, was always great. Yeah, like Pinky and the Brain was good, but like don't tell me like the pigeons were good. The ones that act like Italian mobsters, like come on. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh I remember, yeah, I remember the Countries of the World song. Cause right. That's okay. a, that's a great bit, yeah. and it's it's a ripoff still too. Like that's a ripoff of what's his name, the uh, the physicist who could sing the element song. Right. I can't think of his name either. I don't know anyone's names, but they all do these, <laughs> these great things. <laughs> very very entertaining. Uh, the mobsters who act like mobsters. I should look that because that just sounds funny. But then it hearing sounds it's, funny, but when you watch it's not it, that you're good. Like, it's like, oh, all right, this is better in my head and not as a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Batman was usually on either before or after the Animaniacs, so like it was like in that block of cartoons, and I was like, ugh, the Animaniacs. <laughs> I I know, some nonsense. people, yeah, some people love them, but I thought people, they were dumb. People really know. did. It's the, it was the precursor, or rather, it was sort of like a lighter version of like Ren and Stimpy. Which, which itself was a, a, bit oh, of, a mess of a cartoon. <laughs> I never. I always found that to yeah. be just disturbing. Yeah, like, it was. Ren and Stimpy was very just odd. Just you know the bulging eyes thing. Everyone had veins coming out. It just it was it was unpleasant to look at. Uh, yeah, kind of a thing. But um, um, we, I mean, Batman had a lot of other really famous people on this show. Yeah. No, they were, you know, it was Roddy it was, McDowell. Ugh, what? <laughs> really? He was the Mad Hatter. Oh my goodness, that's yeah, right. It, it, like, I mean, I knew these voices ahead of time, but like when I started googling to see who else had been on the show, like the list of guest stars was a mile long. You know, you'd have John Delancey in bit in bit cameos. 
um, you know, Roddy McDowell, you could get, um, Adam, Adam, West Horsher, Adam West had a, had a, that was a big coup for them. They got Adam West to be on the show. Um, Tress McNeil, of course, has been in every cartoon ever made. Ed Asner. Oh yeah. Ed oh. Bigley Jr. Tons of people. It was crazy. Um, Paul Williams played the penguin. Yeah. I think the biggest one for me was probably David Warner. He was so good. Oh, he just he was died right, too. Right? He was Rachel Ghoul. He, he was so good. Yeah. Nah, yeah. He just recently died, but like yeah. his voice was also just this like Shakespearean. Oh, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. He was I'm in a bunch. I'm looking at all these people. Like these are all. John Glover played the Riddler. He was the Riddler. And like. Yeah. It John was a shame they didn't have enough Riddler because he was so good. Yeah, John John Glover is like you almost like feel bad for John Glover in a way because he's so ridiculously talented. Yeah, but, but he's not he like only a big ever name. really got like kind of famous for playing Lionel Luther on Smallville, which he was stupendous at. Like, but I saw him do like Lucky. In waiting for Godot with uh, with Bill Irwin and and uh, Nathan guy from the producers I can't think of his name now uh, not not, not the producers um the Birdcage uh mm-hmm. what, what's what's that boy you're bad with names <laughs> yeah I I'm telling <laughs> that you guy, I, that I love guy, him in that thing that I saw him in <laughs> yeah with the with the other guy but like yeah I mean like and like Lucky has one line in the whole play. It's seven pages long. It's a right. one like run-on sentence. And so, like watching this guy do this, you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's unbelievable!" And uh, yeah, he just doesn't—he doesn't get a lot of play because he's just—I don't know—he's yeah. he was he's, so he's good. much more of a character actor than anything else. Mm. But um, then, but then they'd also get guys like Joe Piscopo as like a goon for two lines. Like, yeah, like I'm, mean, oh, Kate Mulgrew was in this. She yes. played. She played Red Claw. Yeah, Red I don't know Claw who Red Claw is, but Red like, Claw wasn't a very good villain. But no, <laughs> which is not which is not a knock on Kate Mulgrew. Yeah, it's just she was like a one off kind of like oh, this character is kind of stupid, but whatever. But like Brock Peters, George Zunza, Ron Perlman. Yeah, they like, did a great job. And a lot of these guys, like we know them from other things, but and like they've just been working actors for the last fifty years. And you know Tim Matheson, who was on, uh, he was again like um, he was on The West Wing, he was on um, Animal House. He was like the one, like 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 the the, the frat guy, Heather Locklear, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, no. Just, I, I, what was great about it is that as famous as they were, they were good at it too. They weren't like stunt casting. Yeah, because they didn't ever hype up that these people were on the show. You know, and like, I didn't realize till later that it was them, and I'd have to wait till the credits and be like, "Is that who I think it is?" Like, oh, it was that they did a good job. You know, it's so good. Oh, it's just it's just different from what it is now, where it's like, "Hey, watch this cartoon. We've got Kaylee Cuoco as the voice." I'm like, well, I don't care about that because some actors can't do voice acting work; <laughs> they don't have that skill. Yeah, and it is a skill, and like I've I've always kind of resented for a while the fact that like like I I told a story before about how you know back when Apple was coming out with a new product they were trying to get uh, uh Robin Williams to do the voiceover work for for the commercial and he's and his agent said no he doesn't do commercials right. and now you can't fucking turn on the television without watching a Home Depot ad where Josh Lucas is talking about like you know whatever you can do at the Home Depot I mean, yeah. it's just, it's so ubiquitous now because of Robin Williams playing the genie. We're like, oh, you mean it's not a huge, like, career faux pas? To, like, I don't have to go to Japan to do mm-hmm. a voiceover thing or, like, a, you know, like a, a make an ad selling whiskey. I can just do that here. Like, mm-hmm. now, they, now the, star, the stars own their own liquor companies. Like, it isn't even, <laughs> like, you know, like, for a while when Ryan, um, uh, Green Arrow, again, I have no names. My names are gone. Um, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. This is Ryan. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. God, I 
I really have no, no, no memory well, at all. Yeah. Like he's, 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 he's out there shilling for Mint Mobile and like turns out, yeah, he is a part owner of Mint Mobile. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, just he a actually gag. is. Yeah. He, he owns like a quarter like, of the company. I'm like, the owner, yeah. That's hysterical. So like, but I think it's also a testament to the writing where they were like, okay, a lot of these actors were character actors. They're working actors. They're not big Hollywood stars. They just happen to be in big movies and we all know who they are but like you know if 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 you're british you're more likely to do something because that's just how like they think about acting it's not so much a ego thing it's about like well you're gonna pay me to do the thing i'll do the thing it's just go in do the job and then and then that's that that that's that and there was no like sacrifice of being on a cartoon it was just a job to them but also like the writing was good enough to go this is worth a half an hour of my time right you know sitting in a booth and doing this yeah and later in later shows that still took place in this in this universe and they got cch pounder to come in <laughs> and the stories they told about her where the show was like okay who am i again and like well you're the same secret government agent that you were last time and you hate Batman, you hate superheroes, and you think you're doing the right thing for the U.S. And she goes, uh, all right, sure. And then she would just nail it in like one take. And they'd sit there like, wow, she's good at this. But like she she took it really seriously and she was good at it. You know, yeah. it, it was not like she just happened to be famous. Like I know who she is, but she's not like a, a household name like Robin Williams or no. uh, Will Smith or something, you know. No, like I'm looking at like her her Wikipedia page now, and she's done a tremendous amount of television. Yeah, and, you know she's, you know, I mean, she began on on Hill Street Blues, and you know, and did uh, you know just every TV show under the sun for the next forty years. It just was in everything, and mm-hmm. you know, it's called being a professional. You know, it just coming in and doing the job and. You know, one of these guys I listen to and and who I read in certain magazines has a a podcast called um, the, the Martini Shot. His name is Rob Long, and he just did a podcast. They're like these short form little stories about working in Hollywood. And he used to be like a, a producer on Cheers years ago, and he did a bunch of other uh, of other of other TV shows in the last you know few decades. But he talks about how. You know, there are people who are professionals, people who are just pretending to be that. And, you know, he tells a story about how they had a, a scene on a plane where the main character complains about how he, he's always stuck between a baby and a and a fat guy in the middle seat. And, <laughs> and, the, and, oh, and the, exactly. the guy they hired to be the to be the fat guy really wasn't that fat. He was just kind of like not the skinniest guy in the world and so they're kind of looking around going we, we, we really need a fat guy and then they look over and there's like a guy eating a donut he was like the key grip in the corner and they go you know who would be good in this role is harold over there that's <laughs> fat guy with a donut <laughs> and so they're trying to figure out a way to get harold to do it and they go up to him and they're trying to like you know you, do you, you see the problem we're having here right harold and he goes <laughs> let me stop you right there I'll do it. Just give me a line so 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 I can get a sad card. And they went fine, <laughs> and they paid this guy like way too much money to say one line that they cut, and they you know so he he could get into sag. But he knew like if I if I just swallow my pride and I'm the fat guy in this scene, I'll get my sag card and you'll get your joke, and then we can all go on our way. And that's uh, you know you have to think like that sometimes. Like get yeah, my the job done. Make, we always make that joke when like someone comes on screen to like play the ugly friend and you're like mom i did it i got the role i'm the ugly friend <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very rarely an ugly person too oh, like well, they're, yeah. they're really not we're talking t- we're talking tv ugly here you know yeah. not like elephant man ugly <laughs> <laughs> elephant man how do i look <laughs> <laughs> truth uh but anyway, it was a great show. I should really go back and watch more of it because I think people should. And like, it spawned all those spin eyes. Superman was also a great show. I don't know why it doesn't get as much love. Um, 
the action is better. You know, the, the animation is slicker. Um, Batman Beyond is a fantastic show. <laughs> I always loved that concept. I never really started, like, got into it, but the, the idea that, like, Bruce Wayne is just so damn old now and he won't die, but he can't do any of the things and he finds someone to replace him, but they, they have all this, this high-tech stuff. And, yeah, that was I thought that was a very, very clever way to go about doing it. Yeah. And then they had um, the Justice League show. All right. in the same continuity. It's supposed to be the same Batman in all these shows. Yeah. You know? and, and they just did such a good job because you could tell Batman was still like their favorite. You know, he always had big roles. Um, you got small moments with him where you would see his reactions to things. Like he was still important, even though there were whole episodes devoted to the fact that he had no superpowers. You know, like the other com- characters would comment on that. And yet they all sort of defer to him in the end anyway. Right. Which which was always interesting to me because I, I, by then I was a teenager and I was like, wow, they're they're still nailing this like 10 years later. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he was a, a love a loved character by them. So Yeah, and it, w- you would think that Superman would naturally be the one that to to lead that group. And you know, you're right, it wasn't. It was definitely Batman centric in that regard. Yeah. I I think it was still a show that, you know, because now you see these movies and stuff like they can't help but undercut how how serious they are. I mean, Marvel does this as it's stock and trade, right? You're watching these movies where you know it's kind of goofy and silly. And so they kind of make winks to the audience. And then you get some movies like these these ones that just have total contempt for the people watching. <laughs> like, you like this slap, you fools? Well, here it is. Why don't you grow up, you man children? And it's like thanks thanks for showing me this but but these cartoons were made by people who really cared about them and and wanted you to like it you know so that that bleeds through even on the episodes that are kind of like not as good but even then they were like we tried uh yeah 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 you should watch it it was good yeah show your children Yes, I, 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 I kind of hope I can watch this with, with, with my kids as they get older, as they, as they, kind of get to that age, because like then, like they won't notice it's good. I kind of like sneak quality into what they're doing, so we're not watching our four hundredth version of Paw Patrol. Uh, yeah, before my, <laughs> it, it feels like they sort of snuck that quality in there sometimes too. <laughs> it's like how they get away with this. Yeah, I'm glad they did. <laughs> But, but yeah, we just started watching Blaze and the Monster Machines. Oh God, yeah, we're there big, too. Big fan of the Monster Machines. It's not the worst show I've ever seen. I mean, they have a strong appreciation for Newtonian physics. <laughs> yes, and I can't, I can't fault them for that. That is, they are sort of learning something. That is nice. It's just some of those episodes are like. There's just not enough story about how to move this thing with a lever. And so, like, we're going to have this guy sing a stupid song. And so my kid sings a stupid song for, like, a month. I'm like, this is the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I didn't realize there were so many episodes, too. I'm I'm not someone who can, like, tune out that stuff. So, like, when my kid wants to watch (laughs) the same thing over and over, I also have to hear it. (laughs) You see, I've gotten very good at that, and my wife is not. And so she'll you know the kids will be saying something and i'm like what are you talking about i i, I feel like that like that like dad that just never pays attention to their, their their kids because like i don't know what they're going on about and she goes it's from blaze like i'm supposed yeah. to i'm like I'm honey i'm not listening i'm you know half the time i'm putting like one of my my airpods in and i'm like got the news in my ear and i'm trying to wash the dishes i don't care how much mass you need to move this thing compared like it just it is it's water off a duck's back as far as i'm concerned it's just not getting in there yeah and that's that i'm always been that guy i can hear the music at like you know the gas station playing over the speakers I'm like oh i love this song everyone's like there's music playing <laughs> like i can't not hear it so I yeah i used to be like that and then i just decided you know what i gotta shut off the valve at some point and so we just close that door and nothing else is getting in 
That's why names have escaped me tonight. So like the names of all these actors. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. it's it's a good thing I don't have a, a a podcast on which I discuss many of these people in specific contexts because that would be embarrassing. The hell, no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, for you three that are, and if you loved Batman the Animated Series, series you should tell us. By going and following us on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Three Drinks in Pod on both. Uh, you can go to the streaming service that you're playing this from and like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast and rate and review. Uh, you can buy our stuff over there at T Public. You can get some cool merch, uh, and of course, the Facebook for all you older people like me who are still on Facebook. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.